You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Your Dose of Death podcast. As always, I'm Lauren. And as always, I'm, or most times, I should say, always joined by the good, the man himself, Mr. King's Road Wrestling, Mike Servino. Mike, you just finished up a very busy weekend at GCW Homecoming. Cliffs uh-huh. galore. Um, I gotta, I gotta ask, <laughs> what is your initial reaction to Art of War games, first of all, making its first trip to Atlantic City. Second of all, Team Freedoms versus Team GCW. I want your initial reactions. Hmm, initial reactions. Well, I'm very excited that it's in New Jersey now because I have an opportunity to go. Um, number two, I mean, this is going to be amazing. We got Kasai, Takeda, Sasaki. Those are like three legends that are going to be fighting, and I'm I am super super curious about what team GCW is going to be. I'm kind of been playing into my head of who the selections would be, so yeah, I'm mega excited for this. It's going to be great. I mean, I am a little sad it's not going to be in Chicago, but for the before the match that's going to be, I wouldn't want it anywhere else. Because I feel like it will be back in Chicago. Maybe next year. The next year, yeah. But, but for what I they're doing for the angle. This is so special. This is so the magnitude of this is levels above everyone's knowledge in the world of deathmatch wrestling. This is you're not only getting the murderer's row of people in this match from Team Freedoms, but you got Violento Jack, you got Toru, you got Sasaki, the president of freedom Mm -hmm. and you got Mm -hmm. Kasai and Takeda teaming up once again in a humongous match that will only you will only see this in Atlantic City New Jersey this year and I think I have at least one idea of who's going to be in Team GCW if it doesn't have Nick Gage in it I don't want it I'm just saying well I was thinking him or Moxley because Kasai has mentioned those are the two people the US or, so one of them's got to be in it but 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 let me say something then i'll uh, let me indulge me for a second okay some people were um talking this weekend after the whole angle on sunday and they were like what if gage and kasai fight on um the day before or the day after like they had their singles match and maybe gage wasn't in the war games match oh somebody else was Huh. So I was thinking that, that possibly. Uh, that, uh-huh. that, that, there's no way for him to get to Japan, really. So nope. it would have to be here. And I know that they wanted to do it. Or maybe Kasai and Moxley would have a, a singles match. Maybe, maybe something like that. It, there's a lot of different angles on this one. But, like, I mean, other than Nick Gage, if you had to pick one person to be on Team GCW, other than, obviously, Reno is going to be in it. Champion, who would you pick? I, I'm gonna go with a wild card here because this kind of goes with something. I think Murdoch's gonna be in it, but that's yeah, not who I. But that's not who I'm picking here. 
I want to see Reed Bentley. I want to see the Reed yeah. Jacks both in this war games. I, and Reed's been back in the fold a little bit. He's It would make sense because you have the tag team of Toru and Sasaki. Exactly. So and also they team. were just in Lucha Explosivos as well. So this isn't this wouldn't be the first marquee historical matchup they've been in. So they're they're not I'm gonna afraid. go with Jimmy. Jimmy. I want Jimmy in that. I want I, I wanna see it. Jimmy and Takeda do just callbacks. I wanna see a scissor board. Screw it. Bring back the scissor board. People always I think on like the forums are always like, Oh, Jimmy doesn't try, et cetera, et cetera. Like Oh, he phones it in, really... all that. Just... Yeah, but when he has a high stakes match, he always kills it. You know, like I don't really expect Jimmy to Break his neck for like a scramble match. Jimmy Takeda from Spring Break Three was one of the better death matches. Yeah, it's one of the see. best. Yeah, hundred percent. Jimmy's awesome. I think he's one of the best. So I would like to see. I like to see him in that match. Um, I want somebody. I also want Shreema. One that match. Oh, of course. And I want right. someone to take my. I want someone to take my. I got two right here. I want someone to take my other phone and go on the other side of the cage so I get all the angles for everything. <laughs> I might, I might, I, I might have to, I might have to be in charge of that. We'll see. Dude, grab the phone. <laughs> I was just thinking about, I'm like, how am I going to get everything? Yeah, I know. And there's going to be a ton of front rows. So, but I yes. I hope one of the sides is winged because they did that at Cage of Survival. Survival yeah, and I thought and it was great. Yeah, and it's easier to film. Like, I don't think people realize how hard it is to film a. Hey, okay, whenever yeah, Matt cause... puts this up, I'm like, oh my god, why are you doing this, Matt? Like, I can't film anything. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Tremont. Sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah that I mean, war game, this, it's gonna be unreal. And I, and good build too, right? With the it is. I like what they did with the tag belt. I, that was I did too. Idea. Um, I'll say this so. I was pondering the potential. I didn't know if this was feasible, but there's at least a good 90% chance I'm also going to be making the pilgrimage. I never thought in 2023 to Atlantic City for war games, for Fight Club. Oh, they're talking about Japan. I was like, oh, oh God, I wish. <laughs> I was going to say, I need to get on the phones and be like, can I get my visa? Help. No. I for I want to, I never thought in 2023 I'd make three trips out east in one year, but I'm doing it. It's been hot this year. It's 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 just there's so much good stuff, and I mean, considering that's the week right before NHB comes to Chicago, I'm gonna be jam packed those two weeks. Um, you know what annoys me about this? Uh oh, I don't even care. Shootskis. I, I posted it about it in the Facebook group, <laughs> but there there's all obviously the people, <laughs> and everyone brings it up that were like making fun of GCW a couple months ago. They're like, oh. There's no more death matches. It's soft. It's not what it used to be. And I think, and I'm going to stand by this because I kept my mouth shut when that was going on and everybody was attacking everybody. I think those people are the biggest losers I've ever met in my life. And I hope they never come back to GCW, to any of the shows. And I hope they just leave the Facebook group. Like, you guys are so annoying with that. And you were totally proven Uh... wrong. So just leave. I don't care if you want to attack me for that, whatever. Um, but it was so negative and it was so not true. It was the furthest thing from the truth. And you know I'm right too. I, you know I, I'm talking about. I, I, I'm trying not to shoot here. <laughs> I don't care. We're they were so mean to me. They were so mean to everybody I like. Listen, 
I mean, you're not wrong 100%, but I'm going to say this. That I, I have my own grievances that I'll get into just a bit later about certain fans. This but isn't the change people either, by the way. This is just not that fans. They're just in their own little world. And you know what? Whatever. Well, well, well all of a sudden, I just that's why I brought it up. Because after this weekend, all of a sudden, they're, they're nowhere to be found online. Like, where, the, where are they? Oh. People get louder when they want to get negative. That's the thing. They want to get louder like, when you get negative. Everybody? Uh, you know, a couple of months ago, it was like everyone was going at each other, and now they're just gone. I don't play like that. Stand I by mean, your beliefs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I mean, listen, I do not envy Brett Lauderdale in the slightest. He has one of the hardest jobs in the world, if not the hardest job in the world to Make sure, A, stick by his roots of deathmatch wrestling, but B, turn into one of the biggest indie companies in the world in the span of seven, eight years. There's a, there's a, it's, he's literally in between a rock and a hard place. Cause he well, wants. I'll give you up peel back the curtain with that, with, with what just... you just said. On Friday night, I spent the whole day helping set up. He, him and I were the last people to leave. He was the last person, even more than the ring crew, the the people that were hired. Hey, past midnight, he was there setting up chairs, helping out, and he did wow. that for three nights. Like people think that he's just uh, raking it in, making no. like millions of he's, dollars, and being lazy. He's not. He's like the hardest working guy he, there. He's learned it's to crazy. pay his. He learned to pay his dues before most of us were alive. Just saying. Like, do, you have, do people are like other promoters and. Like some people, they're just lazy. They don't want to put in the work. I'm sorry. Like that's what it takes to make the. I mean, you know, that didn't come easy. The no, position that they're in. Now. I I respect the hell out of Brett. I I, I I always hear the grievances of he doesn't do enough death matches, and it's like he is having to be at the whim of every market he goes to, including old markets like Chicago, old markets like Detroit. Now, old market like he has to bend to their whim. To make sure he can run there again. It's not easy. Yes, Atlantic City may seem like clockwork to him because he built that relationship, but it's not. There's been problems with the venue there. There's been problems with other venues. You know, it's a risk to run something like that. It is. Like, deathmatch wrestling ain't easy. I mean, I'll get into Insane Ain't a little bit later, but they decided to run outside by some random Elks Lodge. They used to run inside of um, La Pica. I can guarantee you those owners probably were not happy with some of the stuff that has transpired in that. No, they don't before. want it there because no matter what, no, I guess people don't understand this. No matter what you do, the amount of cleaning after it's you're never going to get it all. It's insane. You're never going to get it all. I've so been, I've been in venues. Yeah. There's there that they're not coming up, you know, and no, venues and, don't want that. And the it's it's also contingent on if you can get a good crew. If you can't get a good crew and you're sh- and they see that you can't get a good crew, they're not going to trust you. Like it, it's it's one thing after another. It's a whole operation. I think people don't realize that. And I'm glad you brought it up because I, I'm going to be honest. Like I was at Insane Eight, and the crew was really good. I'm going to give a shout to them to start off this. They were clean. Like, mind you, it was hot. So there's that asphalt that's below the ring. But they put tape. They had to tape the tarps down. 
and it was smart. And but the clean crew was very good. They had a great crew, very attentive. Dysfunction is should be very happy with the crew he's put together for those shows because that's the biggest show of the year for them. That's what put them on the map. That's like huge. Like you get some big names for the insane eight, and I'll get into the results just in a second, but. Again, going back to your point, like it is a whole operation. They're up from five, six, seven in the morning till midnight, putting the ring down, cleaning it up, making sure there's not a single spot. And I just, I respect these crews. I respect the people that do this. Um, So, yeah, while you were at homecoming, I was at the legendary Insane Eight. Um, So, those that didn't know the field, it was the returning champion, Eric Dillinger, Neil Diamond Cutter, Dr. Redacted, making his Wisconsin slash ICW Milwaukee debut. Remington Roar, of course, your dose of death podcast sponsored athlete. Um, Yanni Giannos, who I had never really heard of until that show, but I had heard of just through social media. He's kind of a guy that him and Dillinger had a rivalry going. And um, Orrin Veidt and Brubaker, who is a Chicago wrestling standout kind of more of a hardcore specialist kind of diving into deathmatch at this one um honestly i'll give like my top three matches of the show as much as this match kind of now lives in my head because of what happened after yanni giannis and eric dillinger might have been the best match of the entire tournament so if you if you're waiting for a night every tv or smart mark that is the match to watch in the first round um remington roar neil diamond cutter really went out of their way um, really surprised at this one. Remington Roar getting power by by Neil Diamond Cutter is not something that I would envision, but it happened. Um, or inviting Brubaker was kind of a comedy match. They like Brubaker kept kind of talking crap about death matches and the fans, and Orin was kind of playing the hero. They did a whole thing, and I, I have a clip that hopefully I'll put up on the Kings Road page eventually. But um, Brubaker was trying to be sly on the outside of the ring with skewers. But then Oren steals them and then pokes him with the skewers outside the ring. And literally, like, my friend next to me, shout out to Jake Martin, who actually bought me the Insane 8 tickets as an early birthday gift, which I appreciate. Jake's, like, heckling him. So then Brubaker with the skewers in his head, he's like, oh, my God. And he comes to us and he yells at Jake's face. He's like, ah! Like yelling at him. Get him out. No, like he didn't say get him out, but he was like yelling. It's like, it's in my head. It was the funniest thing ever. Like they're yelling at each other, like simultaneously. Um, so it was really funny. Um oh, and Doc Redacted Mickey Knuckles, of course. The second match they've had this year was really gnarly. Mickey, she may always be out of the first round of the insane eight, but she always brings it for one match. Like she I mean, she's one of the toughest women in wrestling. Like, there, there's not a shadow of a doubt about that. She she can be a world beater, but she can take a lot of damage. And, um, of course, the bigger news was Eric Dillinger having to withdraw. Um, I'm not going to get into the specifics of the injury. It just was a really gnarly cut, really a, a freak accident. Um, I wish him nothing but the best in recovery. I, I did. He did post on Instagram. He's going to be okay. It just... Literally, there was a hole. There was a hole in his arm. It just best wishes to him. But I know he's um, doing well. I know he went to the hospital in good spirits. So, but um, shout out to Tommy Trainwreck who filled in for him. A guy who 
I never heard of him. I only heard of him through the grapevines. So he stepped up to face Orn by in the semis. Orn, of course, won. And Redacted Neil Diamond Cutter did a best of five panes of glass match. And the beginning of that match was an absolute spectacle. I like best of five. Like you put your opponent through five through like three of five panes of glass. But they did a, the part of the step where if 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 someone ran into the pane of glass, it doesn't count. So really like six panes of glass were used. Mm-hmm. So um, that was an interesting twist, which I like that they had continuity with that. Those panes of glass matches could be sometimes lazy and they'll just say, oh, he went into it. That's a point or whatever. But like, no, they actually made them mm-hmm. it. And also someone, I don't know who brought this, but someone legit brought like a pain, but someone spray painted like the Insane 8 logo on it. Oh, yeah, I think I it was really, it was really cool. So whoever did that, yeah. kudos. Um, really fun Jimmy match. Deacon got cut. Oh, no, not this, Deacon. Um, he, he seems to get, he seems to have some bad luck recently. He got cut pretty cut. bad. I, I was thinking, and I was, uh, a bunch of people were saying, and I was like, I've been pretty lucky. I haven't had. I have too. I, I well, ever since you started filming Ringside, you haven't. But you did get cut at CLS yeah, well, last year. Yeah, but since I've been like really acting stupid, I don't know. It's like I have a plate of armor around me or something. I'm just waiting for that one time. I I have always been pretty lucky myself, but the only times I normally get cut are Bobby Beverly matches, and I give him crap for it yeah. too. Like that's the only time I get cut. <laughs> Well, it hasn't really been enjoyed. I'm kind of tired of this weather because it's been so hot oh, um, in these I, venues. You, and then I'm sweating. And then when I, I'll stand behind the pain, right? Oh, I'll yeah. I'll covered with it all. And then it, all of a sudden, because I'm so sweaty. You'll think it's, it's either itchy. blood or sweat. Well, it's itchy, dude. It's um, like I, I have to take my shirt off and like wipe my – everyone's like we're, laughing at me. Chicago, we're getting a heat wave, too. We're going to have a really bad heat wave tomorrow. And dude, yeah, the sweat combo with Thursday. that is not good. Um, I didn't realize that until so, I started filming. Yeah, I, I. But so then, yeah, Orin and Redacted was the final. I think I'm guessing everyone kind of has seen the clip now of Redacted going off the scaffold with the trash can. Mm-hmm. That might have been one of the cleanest trash can shots he's ever done, though. Because what they did is they set up the like these two panes with noodles. I guess. And then um Redacted jumped off and like he went through him, but like the trash can protected him. The only thing was it was a barbed trampoline and basically like his his legs were getting stuck in the barbed wire bat. It could have it could have ripped the scrubs off really bad. But it didn't, thankfully. The the crew again, shout out to someone I know on the crew there, one of the refs, Joe Cooley. Um, great guy. I got to meet him a lot during NGI Wisconsin and the Wisconsin Death Trip weekend. So he he's an ICW Milwaukee local, of course. Also shout rough Dan Perch, who is a OG original of ICW Milwaukee. I know he wasn't there, but shout out to Perch anyways, because we love him. He's a very good ref. Very good ref. And another ref that I've wanted to shout out who was at who only did Saturday was um DM Stevens. We've become good friends over the last oh yeah, yeah, yeah. love DM. So I want to give him a shout on here if he listens to this. So um, I know he works really hard. He he hustles. He he puts his best foot forward, and I appreciate that about him. So um, 
But yeah, I mean, homecoming, insane, hey, big weekend, but of course, War Games is happening. Also, um, congrats to Dr. Redacted for winning the insane, hey. Um, fun, me and Mike were talking off air. Kind of funny enough, Mike, kind of funny enough that both our breakout stars of the year ended up in this tournament. And funny enough, Dr. Redacted being Mike's pick ended up winning the insane eight, which I was happy about. I think a lot of, a bunch of us that really have followed him and his work. Um, we're really happy. And of course I was hanging out with him and his, he has like a whole group, a whole support group, which is really awesome. You don't really see that with many wrestlers or indie wrestlers lately. Like they have a whole group, like the girlfriend, girlfriend's brother. Like it's just, a, it's just a good group of people. Um, thanks Kenzie and Jacob for kind of letting me hang around with them after the show. Um, but it's just really good to see. And, um, I, I expect more big things out of him. He, he loves to just work anywhere he can. He, he really is defining what it means to be an independent wrestler. He works circle six. He works ICW RPW. He's actually just got announced for a primo slave of the death to the death. Um, he is everywhere and it's really cool to see, like he's busting his ass everywhere. Like he wants to prove to everyone he belongs and and Sandy is a pretty damn good way to prove that you're that you belong. And, uh, and I thought he did um I thought he made that statement also as well at um when he faced Murdoch. I thought he, oh, did, yeah. he did very well in that. He did very in well in that. Yeah. Um, him and, and Tremont um, too. Him and Tremont at RPW was really good too. I think Tommy also has had um sort of the similar treatment. But I think he won the King of the Kill. He did. Congratulations um, to Tommy on that one. I think he's very, very, very good. I Tommy is that guy who has freakish agility. Like he's a big guy if you've met him in person. He is tall, but he he's so tall, agile. Yeah. He's so agile. He really runs around the ring like it. it like it's light. It's light yeah, with him. Good. It's crazy. But yeah, he had a great tournament. Which, by the way, wanted to kind of bring this up because the Facebook groups love to talk about this. They had to bring up the shirts, which by the way, it was an SBO. No, I'm not going to blame you because there's, there's much worse people. I'm just going to say that you at least have a common sense about it, but I'm part of the, uh, the t-shirt problem, but like it was an SBO tribute and Tommy also, I'm just going to peel back the current. He doesn't drink. So and mo- there are guys that do like to drink before death matches to help with the bleeding. He doesn't do that. So like, it's not going to look as natural as maybe other guys, but he's still doing it. He's still taking light tubes. He's still going through barbed wire. He's still doing everything. Just, he wants to make himself a little bit safer. What's the damn harm in that? Because thanks to that whole rhetoric, half these guys are wearing shirts now just to piss off everyone. They're doing it just to piss everyone off. I like it's Tommy. Hilarious. I, did I don't too. think he looked bad necessarily, um, but I don't like the whole trend. I'm going to be completely real. It, it just, I, think it, I think it looks bad. I, I don't care. As long, as long as you're still doing the same stuff as everyone else, what's the harm? Like, you're taking tubes. You're taking... Mm. To me, the, the shirt goes well with barbed wire. It gives more effect to barbed wire. 
I think yeah, it's but really there's something cool. about it when two guys are coming in there and they're like gladiators and they have no protection. It's beast. It is so cool. my perception is if you're under 40, take it off. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna tell anyone what to do. Because uh, I don't wanna I, uh, I don't wanna be that guy. I think like uh, a good example, Akira. He looks like a beast when he and he always yeah, does Man, Akira, even with shirt on or shirt off, he's got done some precarious things. Um, including the fact that literally Matt Tremont almost impaled him at NHB. Mm. One of, and literally he had a little like bullet hole in his stomach. Which so was like weird. Nick, Cologne, like those guys, they don't, they're like, they've graduated. They don't they've graduated. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they put in their shirts but, um, this time. Yeah. And um, also speaking of guys wearing shirts, Keen Stoneburner, who of course has been on this show before, he was at Milwaukee and um me and him kind of shared a moment. I'll kind of peel just what he said to me after his match with Tommy Trainwreck, which was the main event of the first ICW Milwaukee show of the day. They did two shows. Um, he kind of was saying that was like my last match, and thank you for being a part of it. So thank you, Keaton, for that. It was really a special moment. I never thought, never really thought the day a wrestler would come up to me and really share that emotion outside of the ring like that, especially right after a match. Like, that really hit home. Because, like, he's only 24. You never know when you're going to be done. You never know when enough's going to be enough. And I, I commend him for making that decision and making a decision that maybe he's going to benefit him. Maybe he'll come back later in his career, but that, that takes a lot. That this weekend? Huh? Who else said that? Oh, yeah. And, um, there were two, I guess, the young guys. Yeah. Um, Speaking of youngsters, Drew Parker officially retired from all of wrestling. And um, I could not be any more happier that Clint Margera was his last match. I could not be any more. Like, it looked awesome. Drew went all out. I know he shaved the the hair and kind of looked different. I was a little taken aback. But um, Clint was his very first match. His very first death match was with Clint Margera. Now his he can say his last was with Clint Margera. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Clint told me it was his very first death match. Like they were in some random indie in England. They, I think they did like a scaffold match or something like that. And then, I mean, of course, the rest was history with Drew. And then Drew comes home and gives Clint Margera one last match. And I think that's it's just it's full circle as full circle gets. And um, I wanted to shout out someone who um, is a listener of this, who they've been going through kind of their own trials and tribulations. And I know everyone fights with mental illness, but I want to shout out Sky, um, who has, who loves Deathmatch. They've, they went to the show, they weren't going to go, but then some people nudged them to go. And they actually wrote a, a whole article about it and they've made it into a college project now so i wanted to give sky a lot of credit for facing her own demons and doing that it inspires people like me it inspires a lot of people hopefully someone listens to this and gets the idea to keep going and you never know what you're going to do afterwards you never know if it's going to benefit you or not until you take the plunge and sky did exactly that and i know sky has been getting back into writing and has been inspired by Deathmatch um, to write and wrote a whole write-up on Drew Parker's retirement and what it meant. 
So I'm really happy for them. And shout out to Sky. Um, we like to give our shouts here. We like to be generous and be mm-hmm. good to the world because I kind of live by the fact that if you put good out into the world, good's going to come back to you. So um, that's exactly what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, Drew. You've been a lot more positive than me tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just in a mood. I'm, I'm just in a good mood. I'm in a combative mood. You're you're in the I've seen it all, man. I've been to I'm places. The, I'm getting annoyed with you people. <laughs> I get annoyed with people too, but you just got a a a wise man once taught me to protect my energy, and that's kind of exactly what I'm doing. Wink, wink. Struggles. No, oh, yeah, that uh, was his thing, right? Yep, that is his thing. That is still his thing. So, um, yeah, I'm protecting my energy, but yeah, I mean, it's been a good been a good few weeks for death match there's been a lot i mean mm-hmm. i know good, good homecoming matches as well other than yeah um violento trima murdoch. was awesome murdoch tour was great that's probably my favorite i thought violento yeah. trima was my favorite i just also violento arena oh my lord yeah. um, that that uh he was good too the saki's awesome i, I I'm, I'm happy it he's was back. interesting that she could all, it seemed like she he wanted to give her put her over, but he couldn't do it in Japan. Mm. If you so, know what I mean, yeah, because I, their culture is a little bit different, where they don't um, lose to girls. Yeah, and Sasaki, yeah, it's, it's very old fashioned, very old. School. I think he finally. It seems like he realized though that she's um, very, very popular. She, yeah, I, I think I'm thinking the guys that maybe don't come to the States often like Rena does kind of realize like she's over. She's popular. Big time. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, Rena Yamashita has had a hell of a run and it, it is unfortunate because of the cultural difference that she can't defend that bell in Japan. But like she, it is, uh, it's, I'm it's sure that guys so- would be fine with some of them would, but I think from certain perspectives, it'd be frowned upon. If so you know actually, this mean. is interesting, and I'm not going to go too far into it, but I um, drove her, and we had a bunch of conversations. We were actually going through um, Google like Translate, Google Translate, like mm-hmm. who, um, like who the people that that were there in the deathmatch team, who were the ones that were kind of like, um, you know, keen on like the progressive attitude towards uh-huh. like females in it, and who's not. And it was it was very interesting, but it seems like um you know like the 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 two companies are very traditional still at least in the upper management so um maybe we'll see that change but i mean i think she's good enough she's my favorite wrestler right now i think she's good enough to be on tv i I think i really do i really think rena has being in america as much as she has it's really helped her identity it's helped so much of her identity it's helped put her out there it it was a huge huge risk like when she first came, like this unknown, except to the hardcore deathmatch fans coming in at NGI six. Like I knew I was excited for her. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of the fans are like, who's this Rini Yamashita? And there's now, nobody like her. There's, th- no there's nobody like her. like her. I mean, not the even close. selling the, the, she's so animated. Like everything she does, it, it just shines. Like I, I was at Chicago at Talia Hall. And they did the six-man tag with Macizos and her versus the Rejects and Manders. 
And she was the most impressive one there. Yeah, she like, can go any style, really. She really can. Like, it was a hard style, but like going through the door, she sold it well, helping Macizos out. Like it was just all this stuff. And you're just like seeing her like she could be anywhere, but she's here in GCW, shining in her craft no matter what day it is, no matter the night, no matter the tournament, no matter what. I mean, her and Murdoch at the TOS finals was awesome. I, I can't don't get mad read. at me, but she's not she's not even wearing a shirt. Like, come on, everybody. Like <laughs> well okay, you like she's going hard like that. Like I mean, y'all can do she's, it. Come on here. I mean, listen, I just the shirt the amount thing, of death matches she's doing is come on. It's she's a workhorse and I mean I'm pretty sure her and Mosh and Mises is gonna be a death match. I'm almost positive on that. If it's not a death match, I'm gonna be really concerned. I look at her back when she goes through this and it's just crazy. Like yeah. she's different, but like I said, there's no there's nobody like her, like really. She's all. literally is built different. She's just built different. Do you know who trained her? Who? Oh. She told me this, I had no idea. Uh Minoru Fujita. Fujita. Oh, so that's so that's why Fujita and her would tag in freedoms. Mm-hmm. I was wondering about that. That's cool that Fujita trained her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she, I think, trained with him, um, like, I think, in, like, maybe one-on-one or independently. It wasn't, okay. like, a dojo system. So, I know a lot of those guys were in the dojo, um, like, Kasai uh. Takeda, Abdullah, Ito, um, I think, maybe Toru, and then more. But she, I think, came, like, independently oh, to wow. Freedoms. And doesn't she, I didn't notice, but she doesn't work Big Japan at all. no. I've never seen her work for Big Japan. So not I'm not either. surprised by that. So, I mean, to each their own is what I say. And I mean, listen, it really no Yama- it's, been it's, it's been the year of Rini Yamashita. And it's it, it, like there have been some other good people, but to me, Rini Yamashita has just stood out. Like, there's something about a GCW death match that just it feels. It feels big. It, it feels yeah, grand. It's professionally it feels, done. It, it just feels grand. It, it's just grand. The it crowd feels... energy. Yeah, dude. Um, and a lot of that has to do with... The reputation they built. The big van awesome. as well. Because he plans everything meticulously for... He, that crew. He has it very all written down. meticulous, yes. Yeah, he has everything written down that's needed like by the number. Even the specific single tubes. He writes down how many are needed, and it's all planned out perfectly. Danny Havoc would be smiling right now if he was alive. Big for that. Man is very smart at that um, about putting stuff together. So is Matt Baruso. Oh, another one. Um, I love I mean, that. He makes man. it look good. You know? I love so, Matt Baruso. He makes everything look good. I I miss him dearly. So I was his stagehand on Friday. So. He kind of taught me how to do some stuff. Very complicated, though. He's very smart. He, he does a lot, and I don't think people realize that. He, like, yeah, he was, like, telling me all this stuff, and, like, yeah, that looks very hard to do. Yeah, I'm, uh, shout out to Matt Peruso, literally one of my favorite people in the industry. Like, he, he does it I all. Him, I'm like, why aren't you a wrestler? You're huge. You see the clip of him running the ropes? No, I didn't. There did was he, a, did he, do he, put it? A, he, like, ran the ropes and, like, I think he put it on Twitter or whatever. Like he did a couple like rolls and stuff, and I'm like, this guy could be a wrestler, man. He's huge, dude. Yeah, he's in really good shape and he's big. And I don't know why he doesn't. 
dabble in it. Also, I want to see the, more Big Vin in GCW. I want to see Big Vin in a GCW death match. I know, I know he's hurt. I think he's still hurt. I think he hasn't been cleared yet, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Vin. yeah. I saw him fight in an well, I was a match, like very rare. I saw, I, um, I mean, my fondest memory on it on point. Yes, I remember the tree mount match at on point, but I was thinking about when, um, at Hammerstein when he won the Battle Royal. He won the, yeah, dude, and, I want Big Ben to go one on one with someone. Re- remember who his dad is, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Now I met 911. The great 911. You know, Big Vin lives like five minutes from me. Really? We mm-hmm. should, you should call him and be like, you want to come on the podcast one day? I bet he would. I was trying to get him to go get a like a beer I, with me, but he doesn't drink. Um, I actually went to a smoke shop today to buy um, like CBD, and he was like, oh, if you go there, tell them that you know me. And I was like, hey, you guys know Big Vin? And they're like, yeah. And the guy hilarious. ended up taking like $10 off the final bill, but oh, that's they awesome. live really close. Yeah, they're... Um, and I, I asked him it. to go to this restaurant with me that's right over there. And guess who works there washing dishes? Who? <laughs> the Dilf boy. No, not him. He's in the back, yeah. No, no wonder why he loves being in the back of a locker room so much. I don't care if anybody, <laughs> everybody hates that guy. I want to see him. Dude, it's so funny. I want to see him Dude, fight another death match in GCW. I want to see him in Middens. <laughs> that wouldn't even end well. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I want to see him in Middens. Hey, Dude, we love Middens. Yeah, no. Delph can take a beating. He. Uh, I was like, what's wrong with you? Dude? I like, saw the. Also, that, that photo of like you with the Wahlburger stuff popped me. I was like, Brett's a Wahlburger guy. That place is great. Walbert, I'm so bummed. They like closed the ones near me. Like the only one in like the state of Illinois is like near St. Louis now. It sucks. Mm. I, I used to buy like the Wahlburger, like the grocery chain burgers too. And they were good. Really? Yeah, they were actually not bad. You know what government cheese is? Government cheese. Oh, Wahlburgers, all the cheese they have written uh, down. It's probably, cheese, it's, so it's, it's pr- Probably like some local cheese they found in a farm. No, 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 no. I asked Brett about it. He was like, when people get food stamps or they go to a food pantry, there's this oh. cheese that's like really cheap American that's made by the it's like government cheese. And then oh. you have all the Wahlburger stuff. Okay, it probably keeps the cost down of everything. Well, I think that, I think they came from humble beginnings, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're they're very blue collar. They're very blue collar. The Wahlburgers. Mm-hmm. You know what really surprised me this weekend also? Um, this is super weird, but last year, TOS really didn't have that many people, and Homecoming was packed. So I yeah. thought I was under the impression that it was going to be the same thing, that Homecoming was going to be like the way bigger show. So I don't know, maybe it was because Moxley was on the last year's I, I think Moxley, sure I think Mox probably would have been a big part of it, but I also think just the problem is, is like around that time is like when flight, like a lot, because a lot, TOS is all out of towners. But why did of, TOS do so well this year as compared to last year? Everyone knew the date dates in advance because Brett made it pretty clear it would be like the same week. So we all bought our flights like at a decent time when flights weren't that expensive. Like it, TOS is the biggest of like the out of towner like shows for us. 
in my opinion, at least. Yeah, it's just odd because Homecoming was huge. Homecoming, yeah, year, Homecoming was huge. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if Homecoming still had a decent crowd. It did, but it wasn't like it didn't feel like. I always thought it was like the marquee GCW. Show yeah, I th- I think it's a bigger streaming success than it is a crowd success. I don't know though, but last year it was like it just felt different. So I don't know. We'll have to see. I guess. TOS was probably the marquee event, unless T- TOS to me is like GCW is like WrestleMania. Spring break, that's how maybe. I spring break. Yes, but that's in Philadelphia, so they're not going to be death matches there. Well, I don't know. Is it going to be in yeah. Philly? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. Um. Yeah, like there's just no way that they would make people drive across the border to that's New Jersey true. when everyone's already there. So. That's we'll see true. how that goes. I don't know the venue, so don't like ask me, everybody. <laughs> you just know it's going to be in Philly somewhere. Yeah, I know it's going to be in Philly. You're going to be crawling around Philly looking for it. But anyways, um, yeah, it's just been a lot going on. And of course, I still got shows to, coming up. I got um, I got the GCW doubleheader. I got uh, Say You Will, the Friday night of Labor Day weekend, and then the Saturday night. Or Saturday afternoon, I got Big A Brunch, which I know this is a deathmatch show, but I just have to give my flowers to it. Big A Brunch is like one of my favorite indie shows of the year to go to. Yeah, I had fun when I went. But like Chicago is just a different vibe. Like it's just the crowd there. And also one of my best friends in wrestling, Val Capone, gets to uh, do ring announcing and commentary with Veda Scott, which is like freaking awesome to me. Um, so always like I'm happy like when my friends succeed and also Effie's the absolute best. Um, oh, I think it's really cool. I love Effie by the way. Also, yeah. some of the Effie's matches my... there are better than half the indie matches I actually see that that year. I'm okay, well, that. I was gonna say Effie's like I love Effie. Effie's a good friend of mine, and I love what he's doing. And I I think it's super unique. I don't see this anywhere else in the wrestling world no. where. You'll have a GCW show on Friday, and it'll be like the standard crowd, and then he'll have like his big. It's a completely different crowd. New crowd, new types of people that you've never seen before, and uh, then they go. It's like it has its own fan base. Yeah, it does. It's and I'll I'll kind of shed a little light on a story. My first year going when it was the Windy City Summit, the first year I went to Big A Brunch when it came to Chicago, and um. I was hearing like all these stories about people coming out to their parents, like how Effie really inspired them to come out, all this stuff. I was about to be in near freaking tears. I was like, holy shit. Like I, mm-hmm. I was I was like shook. Like how someone with that kind of impact has on the world. Like Effie's mm-hmm. impacts on wrestling, on culture. Like his impacts has it has no bounds. I'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. Also, just gonna say if you do come to Chicago for Big A Brunch, the brunch is actually fire. Last year's was awesome. We didn't have one in Texas when I went. Well, so the thing is, the reason in Chicago there's one is because one of Effie's very good friends happens to be a like a cater chef. Okay. And so like she's like she and her partner are literally set up this whole little buffet thing. They had, like, this French toast. They had all this stuff. I don't know what it's going to be this year. They even had, like, vegan options. Like, they had everything for everyone. Like, the first year for Big Game was just, like, all this, like, McDonald's stuff. It was really corny. This That now is, like, upgraded, like, legitimate brunch, 
legitimate stuff. It is, it is nice. So, oh, really? It's, it's real. Like, it's, it's a whole thing. And also, it's gonna be back at the good old Grand Sports Arena in Hoffman Estates, not even Chicago, but still, it's close enough to me where I don't have to worry about a thing. And, um, but yeah, and then of course, October of NHB, I'm only gonna be able to come to the Friday night. Um, and then of course, or the week before is gonna be Atlantic City. So, like, October is gonna be a hoop. So mm-hmm. that's what I got coming up. I think we're going to cap this one off. Um, it's getting into the wee hours of the evening here for both of mm-hmm. us. But yeah, um, I'm not going to be at a show for a little bit because the only coming up one is um, the Sean Henderson. Oh, you're going to be there? It's, it's, Sean, no, it's, too, it's so hot there. Dude. <laughs> I I go. The H2O Center. What a what a, what a a nice little it's place. It's really hot, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to take a break and go in the pool. Go in the pool, brother. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to cap it off here. Um, any last words you want to say to the, the, to the listeners, Mike, before we end this one? Um, I guess... Uh... Thanks for the support, and um, I hope to see a lot of you in October. I think it's going to be really good. So if you could try to get out there, yeah, that'd be my suggestion. I think it's going to be um, can't miss, can't miss. Um, mm-hmm. That's for sure. I, I I was convinced, and I was able to get the time off, so I'm definitely coming out. Um, Hell yeah, it's it's crazy. I never thought I'd do three East Coast trips in a single year. Um, for me, I mean, yeah, thank you for support. Also, big shout out to Mike for being a part of the p- new pilot program for the World of Deathmatch podcast with Madman mm-hmm. Pondo. Yeah, <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? It's it's an absolute honor to be working with Pondo anyways, in my opinion. I, I said on Twitter, if I had the chance to work with Pondo, I would do it in a heartbeat. So um, Yeah, he's, it's a, a, it's he's a, big, a good guy. He, he, really he has like great Batman. stories. He's a storyteller, which makes he him... does. He remembers everything too, because he, he doesn't drink, so he's not wasted. <laughs> <laughs> so he remembers everything. But yeah, I mean it's it's awesome and I wish you the best of luck with that. It's gonna be great to see. I can't wait to hear those on the GCW Patreon. And um yeah, I mean it's just your dose of death podcast is not going anywhere. The wheels will keep on turning. We have interviews coming up, we have stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the grind never stops as I'll put it so thank you to everyone who listened to this episode and have a good rest of your night day whenever you're mm-hmm. listening so thank you everyone thank you This has been a Countout Podcast. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland.
Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.